Testing. And testing. Is, is, it, is it working? It's working. Can you hear me? I think we forgot how to do this. is joining us this show i think we kind of came up with the name maybe 45 seconds ago and we're gonna go with go with it or go with us or go Co- with come God. with us go with us come with go going with us going with jesus <laughs> i don't think i want to be part of that kind of show well okay so it's go it's i think we're gonna say go with us basically this podcast is uh the story of myself jay myself dimitri and uh, we actually have a couple of co-founders that aren't here, but there is Kathleen, there's Jerumi, and we also have Ryan. We're going to talk about our path to where we currently are uh, with the Go Network and our beginnings when we were first a small show. And you know, Jay, I realized that we've been doing this for eight years. Eight years. You guys may have heard of us before, Gag Order Radio Show. We're going to talk about how we started, when we iterated, during which point in the, in between iterations we made the FCC mad. Um, <laughs> we iterated again. We made ourselves mad. Yeah, we made ourselves mad. Then big things happened. Then we moved down the street. Then we moved down the street again. So <laughs> It keeps getting closer to my house. Yeah, actually, next iteration of the network in my will be in his basement. <laughs> It'll be great. Trust me. We'll be able to fit all of half an intern. Um <laughs> But uh, yeah, we're just going to talk about the journey here. We're going to delve really deep. We're going to make mention of our shortcomings because there were a lot. So we're going to make mentions of our failures and our triumphs and what we hope that we can accomplish in the upcoming year because we see a different horizon. It's, It's looking very, very awesome. Finally accomplished some things that we had originally set out to that got skewed what i find amazing is that we're actually closer now than we ever have been yes and again closer to god Ah, um but no closer to our goal of becoming a company that scales it's funny because i do remember a time when i never heard that term i was actually talking to a friend about that and i was just saying hey you know what scalability on a product is great and she's like what what does that mean what are you talking about it's like oh wait i'm an entrepreneur yeah exactly (laughs) and i remember when entrepreneur used to be you're broke and it's like i get it now it's a process it's a lifestyle i mean it still means you're broke but it's it's a process and lifestyle that you appreciate and considering i just opened my second business yes it definitely is yes yes yeah that's true if you guys are ever looking to get a hold of someone an it professional at any point in time uh, reach out to phoenix technologies it is dimitri's company we'll probably put that in the show notes and please make sure wherever you are listening to us you rate and comment and tell us what you like or don't like about us we're used to hate mail at this point i feel like it's it's better for us to get hate than it is for love because it's like hey we love you cool all right we hate you because of this all right we'll improve yeah exactly and then if not um i could track ip addresses yeah exactly (laughs) but uh yeah this show will have some cringe moments obviously because with anything is when you're not completely scripting it like some people do mm-hmm. uh you will run into cringe moments you'll find dry sectors or people don't want to discuss things that have happened in the past because it just may be really uncomfortable and we ask for you to bear with us take note that we're being honest and earnest we just want to give you guys the full account of what it took to get here 
And if you're cringing, imagine what we're feeling. Yeah, when we were actually going through it. Yep. Um, and with that being said, I think maybe in post we're going to add a little whatever it is. To I'm going to take that tag you just made. Okay, well, whatever that is, we're going to get into uh, the story of the first part of yes. this journey. Eight years ago. Yes. Eight I, magical years. I'm actually going to say this to everybody. So if anyone's a CW fan, the program, The Arrow, he There's used to, arrow in, in, well, Arrow. In the first couple of seasons, you remember, they flashed back to the five years that he was uh, on the island. So we're doing, well, we have eight. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to do all eight flashbacks just, right now. We're going to do a lot of flashbacks. But if we do a flashback, whether it be live in studio flashback or an actual audio clip, there's a chance that there's going to be swearing or it's going to be horrendous. <laughs> Trust we me. We weren't quite as clean and family friendly eight years ago. Yeah, we were a shock jock show. Ah, oh, that sounds so bad to say. Shock I mean, jock. We, we didn't label ourselves shock jock. It just happened. Yeah, it happened. And then we had a, how do you say shock jock female? <laughs> like, how do you say, oh. like, what do you say there? Well, if, if a jock is a guy, is that the cheerleader? Would it be shock jacks? <laughs> this is one of those cringe moments, by the way. <laughs> so, um, yes, we're just going to talk about everything. And so with that, this is our first transition moment. Whatever. Eight years ago, mm -hmm. I went to an interview with a friend, somebody that's an artist now yep. living in New York, Duncan Daniels, and he had an interview on what was then an internet radio station. Mm -hmm. In Boston? Yes. And the internet radio station was named on regular on radio. RegularRadio.com, Boston's best online radio. And it was the place where live, unscripted, blah, 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 crazy, blah, 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 blah weed, heroin, drugs, blah. All happened. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was that bad, but it was There was a show that had prostitutes in the studio. Where was I? This was actually the first time that we went there. The show on after us was like, yeah, the prostitutes are getting kind of restless. Should have invited me. This was before I knew ye. Yeah, about a month before. Wait, you could live without me? That was uh, before. I, I don't know how I've done it. <laughs> but yeah, it, I went with Duncan to go for his interview. and He was discussing an, an album release. And during the show... He kind of got into it with uh, one of the hosts, and uh, the female host turned to me and said, well, what are you doing here? And I said, I'm here to support my friend and taking in what you're doing. She was like, well, this is really hard. I go, I bet somebody could do it better than you because you guys aren't really trying. And she goes, F that. You're never going to get better than us. I bet you you can't get a show on this network. You can't do what we do. I left the room, went to the, I guess, the GM at the time's room and said, I want to have a program on the network. I will bring in celebrity guests. I will have an air professionalism, professionalism, like not right now. <laughs> That's a thing. I'll bring an air professionalism that you do not have on your network. He was all for it. Not right. only that, he was also for giving us a prime time spot. But then what ended up happening was he had people that were coming in paying a higher clip because you actually had to pay into this model. Mm -hmm. And we ended up on Wednesday, which in some places in radio, it's the dead zone. Uh, also, with Friday nights on TV is a dead zone as well. So we were Wednesday. Four to seven, I believe. Yeah. Four to six. Four to six. Wow. A dead zone. And we turned that show into something, I don't want to say monstrous but i will say monumental yes in many different ways yeah we um helped bring uh red bull to boston um g4 did a freestyle battle at what was it called then 
Is it still called Royale? Royale. Okay, so they did a a freestyle battle at Royale. We interviewed people like Maya who were in town for Rally. We helped break a bunch of artists, uh, i.e. Chance the Rapper saying, this is my first interview and thank you for it. We also had groups like AJR in their van with their momager. (laughs) And it wasn't awkward at all. Uh, We come from humble beginnings. Yes, but again, now we're back eight years ago, uh, whatever year that was. If I go back, I bet I can find our first show. Listen, our first, first, first show. Let me put it this way. In classic J style, you tend to like to outdo people. Oh, and, yeah. And you, you, if anybody ever dares you to do something, you will go above and beyond the dare. So our first show was uh, a little bit more, uh, how should I say, packed, a little more <laughs> eventful than what they expected our first show to be. Yeah. Uh, and it was the one and only gag order radio show that I've never been on. That's very true. I feel like if he were there, we wouldn't have had as many problems as we did. Because uh, there was an event going on called Collaboration Boston. And it was an Asian-based talent show. We had They had a bunch of students from the different colleges here. Berkeley, Northeastern, Harvard, whatever it may be. And we got the final acts to come in. But we didn't realize the final acts were 15 groups. So there was about 36 people packed into about that, a little bigger than the room that we're currently recording in. And it was horrendous. We made, listen, you can go find it online. Collaboration with a K. Um, we may put the link in the show notes. But it's one of those things that you listen to it because I don't think we have video there. And you'll hear how exasperated my co hosts sound. Sean, his ADD is on a billion at that point. He, he cannot sit still. He is almost competing with the singers in the contest. Yeah, he did that. They're not, singing. Yeah, he was a good singer. And he's trying to out-sing them. And I'm like, wait, but we're not here to compete with them. We're supposed to interview them. And I don't think it clicked for him yet. And I remember our co-host, uh, Mira, she was also doing the same thing. She would, she would give kudos here and there. It was, oh man, it was an outlandish show. Don't have your kids listen, because I do believe there was a lot of inappropriate conversation. Yeah, it was back when we didn't really care, and it was just kind of, we just tried it. So just know that you've been warned. And I think the producer hated you, too. We were absolutely ruining his high. He couldn't do simple tasks. And that's until recently. He still couldn't do simple tasks. I don't mean with us. We just witnessed his career arc. Uh. (laughs) Um, He could not do simple tasks. So I was losing my mind, mm. keeping from yelling into the microphone, but I'm threatening him <laughs> at every turn. I'm, I'm like going to a break. And the second the mic cut off, I'm at his throat. And he's like, you could just run the board yourself. I was like, I'd like to, but there's not enough room for me to get there. <laughs> like, it was that bad. But then through a mutual friend, because I'm going to skip forward, uh, I met Dimitri. Which was what? Like, like only a few <laughs> weeks later. Yeah, it was. It was, but in between those weeks was a lot of discussion about what's the show name gonna be. I drew like a bunch of logos. We were sitting in my car and finally came up with the name for the show, mm-hmm. um, which was the gag order radio show because no one can make us quiet. It was something to to play to that effect, mm-hmm. uh, where we would just say that we were so good that no one could borrow. I mean, us. A, a, there's a, a legal document called the gag order, which means that you're legally not allowed to talk about something. So that was kind of the play on words. Exactly. And it was one of those times where we drank our own Kool-Aid and thought we were like the best thing ever, but we didn't have the structure nor the team really to go forward. We just had, well, I had a vision for what we could become 
And then the individuals that were with me were just kind of like along for the ride because apparently I can. You can talk a fish out of water. Yeah. So it's one of those things. Where, maybe, but maybe, then maybe that's why I'm here. Well, no, it's not why you're here. I can't wait for you guys to catch up. We might even just skip like the horrible years. No, we have to talk about some we of it. But we may do like a montage. Go through the emotional roller coaster that was like two years. <laughs> just crying into the <laughs> That would be the whole show. <laughs> just, uh, just do all that. Exactly. Trust me, it'll be worth it because you'll learn a lot with us. But at this point, I can say even company-wise, we didn't really have a vision for what we were as a company. We were just a show. But I knew we wanted to outgrow the show format and become a larger entity that existed, if not bought out the people that were hosting us. Right, because you you also tend to go big or go home. You don't have small visions. If, you want, if you're doing something, the other end of that, of whatever you're doing, you're taking over the world. Yeah. And that's kind of what you're supposed to do. But it's always how I've, I've envisioned myself as a kid. Or, and I feel like the thing with Dimitri, and don't let Dimitri fool you, he, in the beginning when I first met him, was very coy and kind of standoffish. I was a quiet, shy little tech geek. Yeah, but the thing is, if you let Dimitri thrive, he's actually amazing. He can lead a company on his own. Dimitri can bring a ton of clientele in, if not a ton of staff in, get them up to speed on what it is that we need to do. And I never fear leaving it in your reins. If ever I need to take a step back or whatever, I never fear leaving a project in your hands. Because there's something to having the ability to execute and something to having foresight. The beauty of this dynamic is I have a ton of foresight and I do operate and execute on certain projects. The thing is, I tend to chase everything that's shiny. And that's just because in my experience with Dimitri, there's a level of comfortability where I've said something and I no longer worry if it's going to get done. I know at some point I will be tapped on the shoulder and this task is taken care of. And in that, it's made me very selfish in some of my motives and some of the way I moved. I've had that sense of comfort knowing that Dimitri was holding things down. And not just that, looking towards getting new shows in, getting new projects going, figuring out new innovations, how we can do things better, our finances. Dimitri's an operator in all regards. That's definitely why I do think that this dynamic works very well is because you look 30 steps ahead while I look between 1 and 29. Exactly. And now with the addition of the rest of our team, we have individuals that look at it technically in a producer mentality and then others that look at it as strategic business partnership. And I just love the team that we have now. Mm -hmm. But then we didn't have that team. No. Um, we had a very wild Indian uh, young lady that was our co-host. One of my best friends who will be a groomsman at my wedding. And he is a very talented singer and entrepreneur at heart out in Tennessee now. And that group, we were just there to make people laugh. I think that's all it was. Yeah, we were just we were being crazy and just doing whatever it took. There's actually no bars held. No. We kind of just went all out. Aside from inappropriate conversations, we literally chased any topic. Had great programs, had terrible programs, had shows where we had on-air fights, which are always good for ratings. And then, you know, we thought, why not bring some of my ideas into the program because I did the program out of spite, purely out of spite. Someone pissed me off one night. I said, oh, yeah, and then had a show and was like, what do I do with this? <laughs> so, <laughs> Like all great ideas, they're all created out of spite. Exactly. If anyone tells you otherwise, they're lying. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was out of spite, and 
So I thought, why not bring some of my ideas with the group I have? If they're willing to believe in this talk show on this station where everyone that handles our accounts is high, high. I mean, like, there's no Snoop Dogg looks like he quit smoking years ago compared to what was going on in this place. So why couldn't I also bring them in on this dream? And we had some things that propelled us forward that got us out of that situation and on to focusing on the, the real entrepreneurial side of things. But uh, more to the point, because I do know we tend to digress too. there is a there's going to be a lot of editing. Yeah. Which is funny because we're used to hearing our own digressions. Just like, yeah, the audience gets it. Three hours <laughs> later, go back to the main point. The gagger, listen, I will say, we reached the point where we had five million listeners, and they didn't complain. Well, some of them complained, but we didn't listen to them. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And celebrities didn't complain. They just thought we were weird. <laughs> so, we eventually met up with Dimitri. I was introduced by a friend, Tracy, and he came aboard as a tech nerd that was going to run the board for I, us. I think the when we met, I was helping Tracy with like a computer problem or whatever it was. Yes. And I was at her house, and you happened to be over at the same time. Exactly. And uh, you were looking to expand the radio show, and um, you were looking for a producer, somebody to help you with the board so you wouldn't have to rely on the producer that was the, currently there. Like, hey, hey, you, you want to do it? Like, Okay, I guess. Yeah, this black guy is just like, hey, do this thing. You're like, sure. <laughs> Don't take my lunch money. And uh, yeah, no, and when you came aboard, there's this, like I said, again, it, even though it was early on uh, and Dimitri was very like coy, there's this air of professionalism that he carries with him where he wants to get things done the right way. So he made sure to learn the board and try to figure out a better way to use the board, how to properly fade in and out. Um, and then we started rolling out some of the radio things I knew and not just the terminology that went with the industry, but more of the practices like coming in and out of breaks, hitting things on the post, but not hitting things on the post. So we would be cheesy and corny like and now for this song by Kesha. But it was more a matter of hitting it just so we sounded great going in and out of breaks. It wasn't just a bunch of guys sitting in a studio and recording something. It was actually segmented and it was not necessarily timed out, but we did have, I think for a certain amount of time, we did have time segments. Yeah, and, we did. Uh, we could go in and out of break pretty smoothly and it actually sounded relatively good. Yeah, and it caught the eyes of some people, the ears I should say of some people, and that's why we also looked at pursuing the FM gigs and mm -hmm. playing uncensored music on air. Um, well, you know, stuff happens. Yeah. But yeah, so that was kind of the very beginning is that. And the funny thing is professionalism that we held was much higher than what the station held. Here's the reality. The station sucked. It was terrible. It was just not good. Because there was no effort put in. It was just a bunch of people hanging out. And, and they figured out a way to get money from people. Yep. That was it. And we fell into something similar later on in our years mm -hmm. where we kind of we laxed on things. But it wasn't for the same reasons the reasons why they laxed on things was because they were enjoying the party too much we were never at a point of where we were enjoying the party we were more looking towards opportunities and just had an inability to contribute to programs the way we wanted to because we were shorthanded if we had the staff to do what we wanted to a lot of our ideas would be executed properly but we don't have that many people and it was not good when you're trying to run a company that requires like a lot of physical presence and involvement and shows and creativity and there's only two of you mm -hmm. that doesn't work that, that actually both work full-time jobs exactly that work full-time jobs one of whom oh, well we both have health issues but one of whom has more severe health issues mm -hmm. 
and I tend to almost die every other year. Like it's literally a thing. I've had MRSA attacks that it's going to affect his spine and he won't be able to walk. Does he have his will written out? Blah, blah, blah. I've been down dark You are paths. the most sick, healthy person I've ever met. It's the weirdest thing ever. Uh, I'm actually surprised that, that you're still alive. Well, I haven't been in the hospital this year. Think about it. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, you've actually been relatively healthy. Yeah, since last year. Good for you. Yeah, right? You Way to go. You haven't been to the hospital. I haven't been to the hospital. I went to go get checked, but that was it because I was having chest pains. Whatever you're doing, keep <coughs> doing it. Bacon. <laughs> that's literally what I ate before I came here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Fiance, I don't know. She may be the cause of the next heart attack. So, yeah, we just didn't have the manpower to do what we wanted to. We needed to find what it was that we were actually aiming for. When we started putting out feelers for interns and for help, I got a friend on board. I'm saying all these names, expecting that everybody's cool with me saying their names. And if not, I'm just going to edit their name out. That's just it. So just know that going forward. Like, this will be taken care of in post, but whatever. Uh, Darren was someone that reached out and said, like, I definitely want to come aboard. I want to help you out because I think that there's way more that you can do with the show. And I was in agreement. That's definitely what I thought we needed. Mm -hmm. And from what we had when we first got him on board, mm. things were going well, right? Yeah, he was a very numbers-driven guy that really helped yeah. with a lot of things. It, we did, um, well, the one thing that didn't go over well. We had him on. We got a bunch of interns. We That's how we had Jimmy, who actually becomes essential to some of the things going forward. We had Jonathan, who helped run the street team. Um, Greg. Yes, uh, who else did we have? That was kind of the first group of interns that we got. Yeah. I feel like there was others. And then we had the gaggle of girls that came through and stuff like that. But I remember them and feeling like we were doing something really amazing. But there was no, again, no talk of it becoming an actual company. It was still just how do we be the best show on mm -hmm. this network? Mm -hmm. Now, if the network decided to not exist tomorrow, we were out of luck right that's just it we were just completely out of luck so we still didn't have the mentality of we're going to create a company around this but the whole time i'm thinking the ideas in my head are still festering from my past like things i wanted to get going finally we, we go to throw because we were hosting events if, what you guys need to know is as a radio show you want to find different areas to have a public image and we kind of got lucky with a local bar here called wonder bar and we well, actually we worked out a few deals a few different places. Yeah, Wonder Bar, A Wall Shoes, Red Bull, Puma. There's no, a, there's a few other ones. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was uh wait Red Bull. It was uh Drink Neuro. Um, well, no, I'm talking about venues. Yeah, uh, the venues themselves. I think almost every club. Well, yeah, like you said, basically we worked out a bunch of deals with a bunch of people that we knew in the area, and we held different nights for different clubs, and just thought of any possible way to get our name out there. And so we were at Wonder Bar, and that was really great until the Asian gangs got involved, which was which was very interesting. We, <laughs> we learned about security. Yeah, we learned we learned that yes, we learned about security. We learned that fire marshals do have a say in how many people can be in a, <laughs> a building. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, there's a lot of things we learned. Um, but we also uh, through our first solo event. The 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 Isles of March, the Tides of March. Yes. Oh boy, it wasn't ours. It was a pseudo event for somebody to kind of get themselves an award. <laughs> that's really what ended up happening. Yeah, that's true. It was it was the somebody created uh, this one. I'm not gonna say because that you are still a friend, but 
it, we all saw through that. You created an event to give yourself an award. So cool. That's good for you. No one else cared. Some people just like the recognition. Yeah. And that's what this person was about. But uh, from there, like we just, we started to feel like, okay, where are we going? Because I remember we would have like conversations because it started to become a bother to go into Boston to be part of this station that didn't. The honeymoon phase of the show kind of wore off. It, there's, uh, it, it's, it stopped being as fun. It started becoming work because that's, you know, we, we're putting so much effort into it. And when people started becoming problematic and ruining partnerships by going to events that they weren't supposed to, we had one of our show hosts go to an event and get apparently belligerently drunk, cuss somebody out, get kicked out, be on the street corner and scream, do you know that I'm with gag order? It was a mess. Um, we've had other people go and ruin partnerships behind our back trying to get deals. There was at one point in time we were talking to um, Comedy Central to create a show that was centered around our actual program. You would have the live interviews with us, and it would be some funny method in which we got the interview with the celebrity. So it'd be, I think the, the uh, pilot episode was supposed to be, we have Snoop Dogg coming on, and we had to go into a strip club and find his keys that a stripper had hid somewhere on her person. <laughs> but it was basically just shenanigans that we got into trying to get the guest into the studio for an interview. And that turned into a terrible pilot where somebody was humping the MFA baby head with uh, a, a say, bottle of champagne. Let's just, say, let's just say that things got away from us pretty quickly. Very quickly, <laughs> like on fire quickly. Um to the point of where that same person also inundated our contacts over at Comedy Central to the point of where they were like, you cannot call us anymore. Like you, because of this person, do not call us anymore. So this goes back to uh, be careful who you work with. Yeah. Uh, I feel like we should do the NCIS Gibbs thing and just make up rules like rule 44. <laughs> <laughs> Every person that walks through the door. Yeah. Just just uh, be careful of who you work with. Um Rule 52, don't tell anybody crap. Like That's all it is. Rule 63, get rid of everybody, start over again. Blame them all for failure. Like There's, there's some, <laughs> I mean, I might have to tweak that rule a little bit, but um, just, we, we went through that. We went through this phase where we were trying to figure out our identity, and it was just, we didn't want to be a show. And in that, in that whole thing, we realized, okay, one, how do we become a brand that stands out? And that's when we started doing things like trying to find out intro music. Mm. The story like today, the way the place that we're going to end today is the fact that it took us like months to figure out what our intro song was going to be. I think we came into the instrumental of Drake. You could thank me now for. I don't know how long. For umpteen months, it was probably it was a while. Yeah, it was like it was almost like a good year and some change. Mm -hmm. And then we finally met a producer in the next iteration of what we became when we left that state. And the only reason why we don't really want to delve into that station talk so much was because one, it was so long ago, and there were so many moving pieces and people that we don't really mess with. Um, and it didn't really mean it, it meant more to building Dimitri and my um camaraderie because he was new he was a new element in my life where sean and i we went back and amira and i we went back mm -hmm. but dimitri was the newest person and now as you see still here person um 
and that's kind of just what it was. He came into this cluster F of madness, literally dealt with. They were it. It was his car got towed. He has a handicap like uh, stick placard. St- yeah, a handicap placard that he puts in the window, and it still got towed. I mean, in, in my, the handicap spot. In my def- no, I don't believe it was a handicap. In my defense, it said no parking between two and four. So. But you're. Like, clearly give me a chance to get to my car, because if I have the handicap thing, I might be on my way to the car. Boston is not forgiving in parking. At all. <laughs> like, at all, at all. In general, I think I did, over the course of what, we did that for about two years. Over the course of those two years, I got my car towed, and I must have gotten, like, two or three parking tickets. I had boots. Because it was in the, the studio was in the worst possible spot, with the least amount of parking in all of Boston. Yeah, it was right smack in the middle of some building, State Street building, and like the train station mm-hmm. in downtown Boston. It was horrendous, and I, I like I said, I had boots. I had I had multiple boots. I didn't know what a boot was until I got a boot, and I was like, "What is this thing? Why won't my car go? Why is there metal on my wheel? Who would do such a horrible thing?" That that also goes back to the, the idea of. Over time in business, you kind of learn who your true co-host or who your true friends are because they're the ones that stick around the longest. And they're the ones that, you know, if you got a ticket once, some people would just be like, oh, I don't want to get another ticket. I'm going to stop doing this. Yeah, exactly. So. And and the team wrote it out for the most part. Um, for the most part. For the most part. And then we finally got to deal with some, like, local FM station that's no longer with us um, because the song's cost them their studio well no i I believe we went um we had a couple months off because we ended up leaving that station and then uh the whole um, and then the second iteration of gag water radio show started in another location yes but before that again there was a time we were trying to figure out what we were going to play before our show and we ended up coming up with uh, a producer who goes by name off kilter uh we still talk to him every so often he's a a Massachusetts-based producer, and he gave us the iconic gag order radio show intro Mm -hmm. that is probably playing here. And with that, we want to thank you for sitting through this first mess of uh, a show. We're just trying to figure it out, but we wanted to kind of get the beginning piece to you guys, get our feelers out, understand that we're gonna really dive deep into what it meant to be a show that was looking to become a company um how we got our first investment what we did with said investment how it feels to have lawyers yell at you on the phone how it feels to have lawyers take money out of your account without you knowing how it feels to have negative eight hundred thousand dollars in your account how it feels to be banned from a building. <laughs> How it feels to... <laughs> Listen, there's a lot that we're going to talk about. Um, and with a lot of bad, there's obviously a lot of good. Like, just the reality is, we're going to tell you about real life, how it is to be an entrepreneur, that it's not all sugar cones and honey cubes or sugar cubes. It's not what you see on shows. It's not what you read articles about. It, you know, it's... It's not like one day you're sitting in your garage and the next day you have a million dollars. We're literally going to tell you that it's not the story of my friends and I took two years off from Harvard to travel to Europe, slept in a hostel, created a company via texts on our phones. We coded it, 
And then we went to Silicon Valley and we're like, hey, do you guys want to do this? And they said no. And then our dad gave us $16,000 to start. And now we're a billion dollar company. We don't have that story. Instead, we have a story that is filled with grinding, a lot of um, hustle, a lot of failure, a lot of triumph. And throughout um, those trying times, just solid, solid friendship. Uh, And with that, my name is Jay. My name is Dimitri. And we are whatever we're calling this show formerly known as the Gagware Radio Show. Thank you.